VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, Gainbridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder Gainbridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at Gainbridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, do we have a Halloween, pre-Halloween show today. Great job by FS1. Our set is rocking. Live in L.A., it's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Uh, One hour from now, the great Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Johnson and where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. There is a lot to talk about. We said last week it was separation weekend. From the pretenders to the dominant playoff teams, Outside of Mahomes, who was sick, the best quarterback won every game yesterday. Tonight, Jared Goff is going to continue that. Lions are going to hammer the Raiders. Uh, J-Mac, look at this set. Look at the work by the people at FS1. Pretty phenomenal. Really nice work all over the studio today. Tip of the cap to the people who put in the time. Uh, I do appreciate that. And uh, what'd you make of yesterday? A lot of fun. I, I don't know what's scarier, this set or the New York Giants quarterback situation. <laughs> I mean, negative nine passing yards against my Jets. Woo! It was crazy. So let's start with this. Bengals hammer the Niners. What's wrong with the 49ers? I don't know. Joe Burrow? Nobody wants to face Joe Burrow now, including Mahomes, who didn't have any receivers. Yes, the second best quarterback on the planet takes apart San Francisco's defense. That's what Mahomes did last year. Remember how well the Niners' defense was playing? D'Amico Ryans, the sharp, young defensive coordinator. Then Mahomes came to town, second half, up and down the field. Joe Burrow, after Mahomes, and let's take out yesterday for Patrick, he was mostly sick, uh, is the second-best quarterback on the planet, and that's the most important position. And when you put Burrow, juxtapose him on a field with Brock Purdy, well, it's a pretty stark difference, right? The number one pick, top of his game, and Mr. Irrelevant overachieving with a good roster, it's pretty stark. So, And Burrow does what Mahomes does and what Brady did. You get a lot of the greatness without any of the mistakes. So four straight seasons, we've forgotten about Burrow in September because of the pandemic, and then the appendix, and then the knee surgery, and the calf strain, and we forget about him in September. But if you count October to the end of the season, you know when football counts the last three years, 
He has the highest passer rating in the league above Patrick Mahomes. He just starts really choppy calf, appendix, knee, pandemic. Joe Burrow is fantastic. And for the record, I'm not selling my Brock Purdy stock. I think he's, I think he's pretty good. I think he's mobile. But he's got smaller hands out of fumble. Has a good arm, not a great arm. Tried to squeeze in a couple. Made a big mistake down near the red zone. That's not good. And the kind of play that Joe Burrow wouldn't make. So playing from behind on Monday Night Football and then sparring with Joe Burrow, yeah, you, you get a little bit of the truth. It's much easier for good quarterbacks to play with a lead. It's much easier for good quarterbacks to have a, a vibrant run game or be at home and leading in the fourth, not trailing and have to throw with a good pass rush from Cincinnati. So yesterday, uh, for the record, is precisely why San Francisco took a big swing on Trey Lance and why Carolina went out and gave up a bunch of picks and their best receiver to get Bryce Young because there's only one position in this sport worth over one point a game. And Cincinnati's got that guy. Think about this. Kyle Shanahan makes every quarterback, seemingly every quarterback, productive. But greatness is innate. You can't coach Kobe. You can't coach Burrow. Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, was by a lot of people, I wasn't ready to make the call, but was considered kind of a whiff. And now Zach Taylor goes into Santa Clara and beats Shanny and beats Tomlin and beats Harbaugh and beats Andy Reid. It's the quarterback. We now know with Tom Brady and Belichick's divorce, it's the quarterback. The best quarterback won seemingly every game yesterday. I think C.J. Stroud's probably better than Bryce Young, but Bryce Young was better in high school and some thought in college. The better quarterback mostly wins if you can give him a competent coach. So there's nothing wrong with San Francisco other than Joe Burrow's greatness and Brock Purdy's reality. Here was Joe after. That was athleticism, acceleration, explosiveness was really a big focus of mine in the offseason. Uh, I just haven't really been able to show that too much. So it was nice to, to have that hard work pay off. Can we safely say at this point that the calf is 100%? All y'all need to say now is welcome back, Burrow. <laughs> welcome back. New England and Belichick's legacy. Choppy in September. October, Thanksgiving on, New England for 20 years, got better every month, right? That's what Cincinnati's become. They're choppy in September, Burroughs not right physically. October on, they're the one team. Lamar Jackson struggled against the Chiefs. Josh Allen struggled against the Chiefs. Joe Burrow hasn't, and Joe Burrow won't. He can match Mahomes for almost throw-to-throw, the greatness without the mistakes. I don't think there's a lot wrong with San Francisco other than Brock Purdy's reality and Burrow's greatness. And how about the Cowboys? They are, as we said last Friday, this was going to be a a Dallas win and with a chance to be a dominating win. They do a lot of things Buffalo does. You're not sure what you get week to week. The Cowboys have become the ultimate tease. About every third weekend, they look like the greatest football team ever created. And then the following week, they crash. Remember week two, they blew out the Jets. Week three, they got smoked by Arizona. (laughs) In week four, they blew out New England. And week five, they were humiliated by San Francisco. Hammered the Rams, Philadelphia's next. They're the world's best roller coaster. And we said, 
The Rams are all smoke and mirrors in coaching. They're probably considering tomorrow they could move one or two of their veteran pieces. Aaron Donald, doubt it, but it could happen. Cooper Cup, they got him out of there. Stafford's beat up. Darnold was good early, but what's the point this point going forward? They need more good players and more draft picks. Dak, though, is a very good home favorite. Dak playing with a lead at home is good. And I will give Dallas a lot of credit here. Even though they're very much the Buffalo Bills, you're not sure what you get every week you show up. Um, Dak and C.D. Lamb have become a thing. They're not Burrow and Jamar Chase yet, but they're really, really good. Are they overly dependent at times on Dak and C.D. Lamb? Yeah, but it works against everybody. So I, I, I look at a couple of things with Dallas. You don't, I mean, it's like Saturday Night Live. That's a little bit what Dallas is like now. There are some really special moments, but you're almost sure it'll never be as good as it once was. That's the Cowboys for me. But there are some good things. Dak is good with a lead. Micah Parsons is maybe one of the top two, three players in the league defensively with a lead. So there's a lot of things here to like. It's just you don't necessarily know what you're going to get with Dallas. You just don't know week to week. That's not. I know from this point forward what I'm getting from Cincinnati virtually every week. Dallas, four weeks going forward, will be better than Cincinnati. And eight could be terrible. You just don't know. But. Dak at home, a favorite with a lead, Micah Parsons. Yeah, and they look really, really special. But it should be noted this week, off a dominating win, they go to Philadelphia, and they are appropriately an underdog. And I've already seen the number, and I'll take the Eagles. Here's Dallas talking after. A lot of trust in that guy. He runs. He knows what I'm thinking. We're always communicating. Um, and I think that's why... When it's not going our way, it's, it's frustrating, you know what I mean? Because we put so much into it. But uh, we're just, he's right now, we're reaping the rewards of, of everything that we've put into this, and it's only going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff for Dallas. C.D. Lamb and Dak, it is a real thing. J-Mac, it was, um, it was a weird weekend. I, I flew back early morning. I got Jets, Giants on television. Uh, somehow television did not black it out because it was such a gross uh, three and a half hours of football. But it did make me, as I watched that mm. game and I watched yesterday afternoon and then Kirk Cousins got hurt, it, it strikes to the reality. I, caught, I, I wrote down 10 teams today, I'll do it later, that should draft a quarterback. First, second, third, they should draft a quarterback. Mm. And that's where we are in this league, and it's where we are habitually, perpetually, and annually in this league. About 10 teams need to draft a quarterback. Mm. And I think after yesterday, Kirk Cousins' injury, I don't know exactly what to do with Sam Howell. I probably would give him (laughs) one more year with an offensive coach. Mac Jones, one more year with an offensive coach. I know I'm being very diplomatic, but I think I I looked at yesterday, the Bears last night, can't compete with that. that, that You can't. I don't think you can compete much with Justin Fields. And I'm sitting watching a lot of these games yesterday, and the haves and have-nots, the separation is very clear. If you got a quarterback, you're fine. If not... You're going to get your coach fired, a coordinator fired, or players traded. A lot of thoughts on the uh, Cowboys, but you said something. The better quarterback won every game. So Bryce Young well, faced C.J. Stroud so, in, in, a, in a game we called. We, we knew the Panthers were the side. But Bryce Young beat out C.J. Stroud. Well, that is undecided. Yes. Stroud plays with better players at this point. He's got more weapons. Uh, I thought that was a big win for for Bryce Young. Been a lot of questions and a lot of doubters. He's playing, if you've watched them at all, I have, unfortunately. He's got nothing to throw to. I mean, nothing. All their talents on defense. Yeah. 
But I and I and that's an underside. Like Will Levis, Desmond Ritter. Yeah, we don't yeah, know. Yeah. Bryce Young, Stratt, we don't know. But I mean, when you had two quarterbacks we know something about, the best quarterback was winning yesterday yeah. all the games. Hey, quick question. You mentioned Cowboys Eagles, Colin. Uh one number from the Eagles that's troubling. You see how many design runs for Jalen Hurts yesterday? Mm-mm. Two. How's the knee, Jalen? I don't know. How's I'm the- I'm a little concerned, honestly. Like he was great throwing it, but I don't know about that knee, Colin. Against a Cowboys defense pass rush? He won again. He did. He did. They <laughs> win every time I watch him play. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Denver beat Kansas City. It's okay. You can say it's all because Patrick Mahomes was sick. If you want to use that as an excuse, and it, none of us are 100% when we're sick, but it wasn't just that. If you look at the numbers, believe it or not, of Russell Wilson against Mahomes this season, Wilson's got better numbers. Completion percentage, little lower. Passer rating, higher. TD interceptions, better. That's that's what's really happened in the NFL so far. Kansas City's wide receivers, most drops in the NFL. Red zone offense, Kansas City is 18th. They're not very good offensively. Sky Moore dropped the touchdown pass yesterday. This season for Mahomes is starting to look like some of the years in New England for Brady where he had a great tight end, like Gronk, and then cross your fingers. The difference is Brady would have a clever slot guy, a Wes Welker or a Julian Edelman, veteran receivers who knew how to beat his zone. This Kansas City group is kids that can't catch. They drop a lot of passes, and Brady got frustrated visibly. And yesterday, Mahomes, and this happens about once a year, got really frustrated. You just look at the AFC. Forget the NFC. Baltimore's got better weapons. Chargers have better weapons. Jags have better weapons. Cincinnati's got better weapons. Miami's got better weapons. They maybe, they maybe have a BB gun offense. Pittsburgh's got better weapons. They're, they don't stack up in the AFC outside of Travis Kelsey, and there's a lot of miles on Travis Kelsey's legs. So you, they solved the Tyreek Hill trade last year with Juju Smith-Schuster, who had a touchdown yesterday. And they actually miss Juju Smith-Schuster. They miss him. He's a veteran. Gets open against the zone. Productive in big spots. But outside of a great half against the Chargers, this is what Kansas City's offense is. When Denver led 21-9, to it didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like you would looking at an offense that would reel off three touchdowns in six minutes. That was a couple of years ago against Buffalo. That was three or four years ago. This is a weak wide receiving group. There is no number one receiver. There's no number two receiver. Sky Moore could become a two. He's not a one. And Travis Kelsey, again, there's an age factor. You saw it with Gronk. Tight ends can age fast. You ask them to block, they get hit down low, they get beat up. So, I when Denver was ahead, I didn't feel it felt like normal Kansas City football. If Travis Kelsey does not get in the end zone, they struggle to get in the end zone. They are 18th in red zone offense. So, I think Kansas City over time is a better team. But what Denver did, and we'll talk more about Denver later, they tweaked it. They've now got a running game. They took Mahomes out of rhythm. Mahomes on the bench grumbling. Wide receivers getting cold. It was cold to begin with. So I, I, I don't think this was just Patrick Mahomes was, was sick. He obviously wasn't 100%, but he was good enough to make plenty of throws that were dropped by his receivers. That throw to Skyboard was great. 
It was dropped. Couldn't be that sick. Here's Patrick after. We played pretty much the same as they did last week, last time they played us. The Broncos be able to kind of stifle our offense, if that's the right word, and really just kind of get after us as far as making us execute all the way down the field. Um, and so I'm sure other teams in the league are going to watch that, and we have to have, we have to prove that we have answers for that, and uh, that will be something that I'll go back to the, the film and really uh, try to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, last week Nick Wright gave me crud because I had him at two. The truth is this week I don't have him in the top four. It's not a knock. But what you're seeing with them isn't about the flu. What you're seeing about them is a reality of their personnel is that they would have been much more punitively damaged last year on the Tyreek Hill move if not for Juju Smith-Schuster, a veteran guy who can get open. They're just waiting for these young kids to get more reliable. They did make a move pre-trade deadline. I don't think they'll make another one. I think Kansas City off a Super Bowl feels like we don't have salary cap space. Can these guys get better and better quickly? And I think that's very, very possible with a great quarterback, smart coach. But, But right now, this is not a great offense. They had a great half against the Chargers. Shocker, the Chargers. (laughs) The Bears went down the field, beat them on the first play of the game last night. Shocker. But it's not a great offense for the first time in Mahomes' career. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going to win. Not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a, is, a, is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Deontay Johnson's a very talented receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So after the loss at home in perfect Pittsburgh weather to the Jaguars, he, he ripped the refs. He says they wanted the Jaguars to win. Listen to this. 
I ain't like the rest today. Like, they must have got paid good today or something. They was calling some stupid stuff. Like, they should get fined for calling bad, bad, making worse, terrible calls and stuff like that. Like, that's how pissed I am. Like, because they cost us the game. I don't care what nobody say. They cost us the game. It wasn't that drop you had. For the record, both teams had precisely six penalties. Yeah, the NFL's Christmas wish list. If they had one, Dallas to a Super Bowl facing the Steelers. That would be on their wish list. It would get the highest rating ever. One of the most iconic franchises. Yeah, what the NFL wants is the least popular team in Florida dominating the Steelers, an iconic brand. When you have an anemic offense and a limited quarterback, you start blaming play calling, dropped passes, the refs, and O-line play. I heard it for years with Daniel Jones and the Giants. You don't have the right quarterback. Now, I like Kenny Pickett more than Daniel Jones. I like Kenny Pickett a lot more than Jordan Love, but he's limited. He's a very limited quarterback, and so is his backup, Mitch Trubisky. The Steelers at home in weather that was built for a tough physical Mike Tomlin team. Four straight drives, three and out. Those are the scripted plays. If your young quarterback struggles to move the chains on scripted plays at home, sorry if I don't think he's going to go toe-to-toe and beat Lamar and Burrow in division. Joe Burrow is arguably, Lamar Jackson arguably, two of the top three or four quarterbacks in the world. Do you know how perfect you have to play to beat him if you're Pittsburgh? I mean, just look at the AFC right now. Mahomes, Allen, Tua, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Burrow. I mean, look at these guys. And by the way, it's the best quarterback draft class in a while. One of these AFC teams, probably get another quarterback. So I just, I heard this with Daniel Jones forever. First of all, you start blaming dropped passes. Mahomes' receiving core leads the NFL in drop passes. You start blaming the refs, O-line play, the offensive coordinator. Pittsburgh is just very, very limited. Kenny Pickens and Mitch Trubisky are really nice guys and occasionally capable and can make big plays. Trubisky with his leg, Pickett with his arm. But don't kid yourself. Refs miss calls all the time for everybody. And these teams were both, both, Flag six times. Kenny Pickett in his career has one multiple touchdown pass game. There was a call I didn't like against the Steelers. There was a call I didn't like against Denver. They won the game. There was a call I hated against Seattle. They won the game. If you got the guy, <laughs> refs become much less important. Hey, we're Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio, every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly, because this guy oh, is overpromising things we never have time for. Yeah, you blubber lips. Blaming me. Well, you know what? It's called overpromise. You should be good at it because you've been overpromising women for years. Well, it's a Cavino and Rich after show, and we want you to be a part of it. We're going to be talking sports, of course, but we're also going to talk life and relationships. And if Rich and I are arguing about something or we didn't have enough time, it will continue on our after show called Overpromised. Well, if you don't get enough Cavino and Rich, make sure you check out Overpromise and also 
uncensored, by the way. So maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after-show podcast of all time. There you go. Overpromising. Perfect. And remember, you can see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Cavino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD, H-E-R-D. New customers can bet 5 bucks, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with the code HERD, H-E-R-D. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-367. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? Um, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. So Miami beats the Dolphins. Tua! Forget the other AFC quarterbacks. Tua! is 6-0 against Belichick. So before we get to the highlights, almost everything in this game sort of leaned in New England's favor. They had revenge going for them because Miami beat them earlier. The weather wasn't damp and humid in Miami. It's cooled down. The Dolphins face Kansas City overseas next week. That'll be fantastic. Uh, They got beat up by Philadelphia a little bit physically. Weren't that healthy? The offensive lines banged up. I thought that would play a big factor. I thought Miami would win, but I thought it would be real close. We keep blaming Mac Jones for everything. Belichick can't stop this offense. He can't stop Tua. Forget about Josh Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar. He can't stop Tua. Belichick feels like a math genius, and the NFL pivoted to poetry and literature. What do they do well? Tua is 6-0 against Belichick. Waddle and Tyreek both had over 100 yards. And Belichick even got a break this season in a weird way. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Or it would be Josh Allen, Tua and Mike McDaniel and those weapons, Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and Mac Jones. And and no number one receiver or tight end. Uh, I'd argue no number one back. So his defense, I mean, ask yourself this. What defense is stopping every or any great quarterback? Pittsburgh's very talented defense. Texans ran over it. San Francisco went up and down the field on it. And the Jags yesterday did a lot of things they wanted to do. Tell me the defense that's stopping everybody every week. And ask me about New England. 
What does New England do well? Where's the silver lining? Yes, they're 31st in scoring. They're 26 defensively. What do they do well? They are a directionless franchise, and I don't see the hope. I have said I would go get a Ben Johnson, give Mac Jones a real shot. Same with Sam Hell in Washington. There's something there. I'm not sure it's great, but there's something. But I, 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 New England can't beat Tua. Forget Josh Allen. Kind of the revolutionary uh, 6'6", 250, Big Ben, Cam Newton-like quarterback. They can't beat Tua. Here was Mike McDaniel after. You get a great litmus test of where you're at as a football team when you have a division game, and then on top of that, you're going overseas the next week, and on top of that, you have um, hard knocks the week after. That is... um, leading the league and potential distractions. So I knew we were going to find out a lot about our team. So, you know, I was kind of a directionless franchise. That's what it feels like for New England. So one of the um, things I like about big city media, Dallas, Atlanta, Philly, Chicago, New York, uh, Los Angeles, you know, bigger markets, is that, uh, you know, there's no pom-pom waving. They'll, they'll rip anybody. The smaller the market, Buffalo, Jacksonville, uh, the media tends to be more of an ally or friendly, but they can still be critical. In Green Bay, it's different. Green Bay covers the Packers like the fans are the parents and the players are their kids. I mean, they just can't see straight. Uh, Jordan Love's not it. Like, not close. It doesn't work. Um, Nobody wants to pick on him. No reason to be mean-spirited. He's a backup. Uh, maybe something happens, maybe something changes, but when you start blaming the refs and dropped passes and play calling, you don't have the guy. As if Joe Burrow gets a perfect scheme and play sheet every week. Uh, So when I watch Green Bay in this Jordan Love situation, it's like it's a really small market. They've had great quarterback play for about 30 straight years. There was no way they were going to go Favre Rogers legend. But, I mean... They've gone five straight games without a touchdown in the first half. You gonna you gonna blame drop passes? You gonna blame the refs? O line play? Stop it! He's not accurate at all downfield. You know, and I and I mean that, like that stuff out in the flat. That that's ba- that's layup stuff. You can't make those throws in the red zone. These are layups. I'm not asking him to be Mahomes downfield or Josh Allen. He throws it into double coverage. He's not accurate. He this is just a bad. Bad throw to Christian Watson. They, how do you miss badly on This is a layup in the flat. And again, he's got an offensive coach. He's got really good running back tight end wide receiver weapons. But Green Bay, the way they feel about their team, the, these are our kids, so they're hyper-protective. But I will tell you this. I would rather be Green Bay than Pittsburgh, even though Pittsburgh's much better now. Because Kenny Pickett's not it either. He's better than Jordan Love, but he's from Pittsburgh. He played at the University of Pittsburgh. They're not drafting a quarterback for years. They're going to convince themselves, hey, you bet, he'll beat Burrow and Mahomes and Lamar and Trevor Lawrence. You watched the field yesterday. You watched Kenny Pickett against Trevor Lawrence, and it was perfect Pittsburgh weather. It was a warm-weather Florida team going into the muck and mire. They still dominated. Green Bay has no emotional connection to Jordan Love. He's a Utah State kid. They're not paying him big money. They're going to move off him quickly. Will they be intellectually honest enough? Now, they drafted a quarterback last year. Will they draft one this year early? They need to. 
I think it was totally unrealistic to think you were going to go far Rogers legend. That doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, most people can't name the shortstop after Jeter in New York. It's just like you just don't. It doesn't work that way. And so when you went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck and Favre to Rogers, that's insane. That never happens in pro sports, ever. So, I, I mean, you can do it in the NBA if you want to go buy a LeBron or you want, you want to go buy a free agent, but um, it doesn't work. But I think Green Bay's in a good spot. It clearly doesn't work, and they have no real connection other than the time they've spent with him this year making him the guy. Whereas in Pittsburgh, they're going to convince themselves they got the guy, and Kenny is better and can make some big throws. He can. He's a better player. But I don't think in the AFC you're going to win big-time playoff games with that in January and February. So I look at Green Bay, and I think it doesn't look good. Just be honest about it. When guys are missing layups, missing people badly, can't score five straight weeks of touchdown, it's not the guy. Now, didn't pay him much. You're not trapped. You don't have any holes in your team. you got to find your next great left tackle. But everybody in the league's looking for that. Even San Francisco has one. They'll probably draft one. Everybody's looking for a great left tackle. You got receivers, tight ends, backs. You have a great corner. You got good guys in the box. Green Bay's in a good space. But because it's a small town, they're just going to convince themselves stop. Nobody's buying it. Privately, Green Bay knows the truth. There's no reason to say everything publicly. There's not, I don't ask my wife everything she thinks about me. I don't want to know it. My kids, keep it to yourself. I don't need all the answers publicly. I don't care what you had for lunch. You don't need to put it on Twitter. I don't care. You don't need to say it publicly, but everybody in the room kind of knows. This, this isn't, didn't take long to figure out Burrow, Mahomes, Lawrence, Herbert. Doesn't take long to see it or not see it. So I know, J-Mac, I come across really harsh on this, and I wish the young man, but I, when I watch, that's a backup. He's a backup. Okay, I would agree. I'm going to ask a, t- a question that's going to be tough for the Dells audience in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Dell Mall, you like, yeah. Is Matt LaFleur the guy as head coach? Yes. We're certain. He was winning 13 games well, a wait, year. Wait, 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 wait. He was or Aaron Rodgers, the Hall of Famer, was? Because all I know is when it got down to crunch time in the playoffs, I didn't see greatness from LaFleur. Well. And now he's got Jordan Love, a guy who's been in his system for how many years? Three? Four? Yeah. And they can't score in the first half. They cannot okay, move let, the football. Let me ask They you. had Christian Watson looked awesome. How great. With Aaron Rodgers. With great weapons. How good did Kyle Shanahan's offense look yesterday? Well, they're missing their left tackle in Debo Samuel. Oh, okay. Well, Bakhtiari's been hurt, and they missed the running back. Okay, fair. I mean— I uh, think Matt LaFleur's proven he's more than capable. What's happened to the Tennessee offense since he left? Not great. It was better when he was there. Oh, by the way, Green Bay won a lot of games with— I don't think he's Andy Reid. I have had quite— But you're saying you— I think Matt LaFleur is not the issue. I think Matt LaFleur is fine. I think he's a grown-up. He's an adult— was Matt LaFleur part of the decision to draft Jordan Love? No. No. Okay. No. I think organizationally, Aaron was aging. He'd come off uh, a couple of back-to-back, uh, a slight decline. Yes. And I, again, it's okay to draft quarterbacks. Brady was there in his prime and winning, and they were drafting Garoppolo's, and every other year they draft a quarterback. You should probably draft a quarterback somewhere two out of three years. Unless maybe you've got a Herbert Mahomes, but it, 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 there's six of those in the world. Baltimore doesn't need to draft a quarterback. Yeah. Chargers don't. All Buffalo all, doesn't. All Most teams do. Somebody from the Shanahan McVay tree would not not score any points in the first half of five straight games. Like, dude, they're doing nothing in the first half. No touchdowns. Can't move the football. How do you think Jordan Love would look with a defensive coach? Uh, 
<laughs> no, I'm serious. What, like, wor- can it get worse for he's George got, Love? He's got backs, receivers, tight ends, and a great organization. What would he be like with Ron Rivera or any defensive coach? Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Where Colin was right. Well, I said three weeks ago, don't worry about Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. They're going to be fine. Appendix, uh, ACL, pandemic, calf injury. He's been bad in September his entire career. But I think Cincinnati, along with the Jags in Baltimore and KC, are the class of the AFC. I think Burrow is situationally brilliant. Excellent judgment. Moves well enough. Beautiful touch. I thought he was the best player on the field yesterday in a game with a lot of Hall of Fame-level players. Where Colin was wrong. I'm not a huge fan of Will Levis. Little cocky, falls in love with his arm, was not my favorite prospect, but the kid can sling it. I'll say that. Uh, four touchdowns. Listen, the Titans need to find a quarterback. They've been doing this, running this T- Tannehill thing back for years, and it was a good debut for the kid. Uh, again, I think I think he's going to end up being a little bit of a hot or cold quarterback. There's going to be Sundays you fall in love with him, and then he's going to drive you crazy because he's very arm dependent. But I was wrong. That's a heck of a debut. Way to go, Will Levis. Where Colin was right. Sean Payton would eventually get the best out of Russell Wilson, is what I said. I didn't know if Russell was going to be great, but right now, Russell Wilson's passer rating is 101.7, fourth best in the NFL. They're now running the football. Sean had a lot of things to fix. The culture, the O-line, Russell Wilson, it's not his GM. But I thought what you watched yesterday, he's playing younger defensive players. They're playing now with energy, and he's running the ball. It's a little like Pete Carroll did with Russell in Seattle. Russell becomes a bit more complimentary and say what you want. Yesterday's a blueprint for what I think Denver will look like the rest of the year. Where Colin was wrong. I think that I thought the Titans were going to be open for business and trade Derrick Henry, but sources say he's not getting traded. Now the deadline is tomorrow. He's expensive, but I don't think when you look at his production he's that expensive. I think Dallas should make a run at him. Tony Pollard feels like a number two, and that offense is very C.D. Lamb dependent. But I think I'm wrong here. They're saying they're not going to move him. It's the last year of his deal. Uh, He's still highly productive and can really help you if you're looking to play action pass or not be entirely quarterback dependent. Where Colin was right. Even when Brock Purdy was winning, I said he's good. I don't see the special. He's a little small. He's mobile but not electric. He's got a decent arm, not special. And you see when he's on the road or is in a game against Joe Burrow, it's pretty obvious. When playing from behind, it's pretty obvious. I like him, but he had three turnovers yesterday. One of them a fumble. There's been concerns about his hand size. He threw a couple of nice balls to George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk dropped another one, hit him right in the face. So I think he's a good player, but when we got into this MVP Brock Purdy talk, that stuff's just silly. Where Colin was right. My sources said before the season that Jordan Love, there was no juice or it. He was mostly a game manager. He's got a 78 passer rating. He misses badly on even layups and easy stuff. Five straight games Without a touchdown in the first half, some of these are home games against average defenses. Here's Matt LaFleur on the offensive struggles. Well, that was uh, obviously tough to watch. Um, You know, just way too many mistakes. Penalties, drops, 
not being able to convert on third down, conversely, not getting off the grass on third down, struggles in the red zone, uh, starting the game out, I want to say four three and outs. Um, yeah, it's hard to get into a rhythm offensively. Yeah, I feel like I've watched that post-game five straight weeks <laughs> for Matt LaFleur. Where Colin was wrong. I thought the Phillies looked like those 99-2000 Yankee teams, a team of destiny. But like the Philadelphia 76ers in game six and seven, they couldn't deliver at the plate. That included Bryce Harper. I was rooting for him, but their four big bats went one for 28. Arizona deserves the credit. Maybe they're the team of destiny. But I felt we were looking at historically one of the most special postseason runs I'd ever seen in a crazy stadium, but it was not meant to be. Where Colin was right. The Jags win at Pittsburgh. They've won two times overseas. The only undefeated team uh, this year. What did I write? Oh, in October, they're 5-0. and I thought they'd be the number one seed in the AFC. I had him number one. I Trevor Lawrence, I think, is a sensational talent. I think Doug Peterson, one of the things I like about Doug, he gets the ball to the people he should get the ball to on third and fourth down. Trevor Lawrence has 100 passer rating. Their defense suffocated the Steelers. I really like this team. We've been asking all year, are they good? Yes, they keep showing us. They're good. That was Pittsburgh weather. That, for a Florida team, that was Pittsburgh weather, and they were dominant. Where Colin was right. We warned you. We kept saying all week, upset alert. Oklahoma going on the road against Kansas. Kansas has a heck of a coach. They're a basketball school with a heck of a football team. Listen, Oklahoma barely beat 3-5 and five UCF the week before. Uh, they did have a game for the ages against Texas. I think Oklahoma and USC are not as good as their fan bases wanted to everybody to believe early but this game had upset screaming all over it national tv disrespected basketball school at home with some real players against an oklahoma team that wasn't as good as their record uh colin right colin wrong on a monday be sure to catch live editions of the herd weekdays at noon eastern 9 a.m pacific nfl hall of famer one of the few coaches in the history of the sport Natty's in college, Super Bowls multiple in the NFL. It's Jimmy Johnson. He is joining us live. As the, as the country gets cold, he's down in the Keys wearing a, a workout shirt. You know he picked the right place to live. So I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going fishing in about 15 minutes, Colin. Okay, so I'll, I'll take this shirt off and get on the boat. All right, I'll wrap it up quick, and you can grab a Heineken and fish it for me as well. All right, here we go. So I said about Dallas – they are good at home with a lead. I thought yesterday you you just had a, a franchise that I've seen this three times this year. They clobber somebody. It's almost as if there is a there is a recipe for Dallas. Now they got to go to Philadelphia, and I kind of know what I'm going to see there. Is there a way to create continuity and a more even cowboy effort? Because I think like Buffalo and Dallas week to week, I have no idea what I'm getting. Well, yeah, I think as far as you ask continuity, uh, I would say a running game and defense. If you're really good defensively week in and week out, you're going to be pretty consistent. If you've got a great running game week in, week out, you're going to be pretty consistent. Uh, so, you know, defense and the running game goes on the road extremely well. Uh, but this Dallas team, they're extremely talented uh, and 
when you're throwing the ball to C.D. Lamb, uh, he can make some things happen. So you look at against Philadelphia, I think the whole key is going to be which receiver is going to have a hot day, C.D. Lamb or A.J. Brown, and who's uh, going to be able to uh, keep from turning the ball over. You know, the turnovers will determine the game. But I, I think Dallas can beat Philadelphia this week. So I had suggested the Derrick uh, Henry move at the trade deadline, and you were somebody that was willing to make moves. He's a one. Tony Pollard feels like a two, a dynamic two. Your thoughts about trade deadline moves for the Cowboys. Is there anything, you know, you would make, you'd pull the trigger on this. You did. Is there anything they should be uh, a little cautious about? Is there anything you dip your toe in tomorrow's the trade deadline? I think the big concern would be financially if, you know, it's going to wreck your salary cap totally. Uh, but if there's room uh, and if you can justify it with your salary cap, uh, without question, you know, Henry would give them a complete football team. Yeah. You know, they'd be able – now I think it would make Pollard that much better player uh, because he's kind of a, uh, a fringe player. And, you know, if you're bulking up on the inside to stop this – the tough running game, Pollard can make some big plays, you know, going outside and, and hitting an open seam. Uh, but, you know, they are close to a complete football team right now, but a running game, a really physical running game would make them better. So I, I watched you're down by the Dolphins, and I, I said that they were a little bit of a fraud early where they weren't a physical team, it was a track team. But I do, when I watched them yesterday, they put away a Patriots team and I want to ask you, Jimmy, in all your years of football, did you ever have a team that was a bit constructed like Miami, lots of speed, questions about their physicality? Can you change that in the final eight weeks of a season? I, I think the big thing about the Dolphins right now is having a Vic Fangio on defense. You know, you know, there were some you know local writers and people here in South Florida were asking me when the Dolphins were struggling defensively early. I said, you know, just be patient. You know, first of all, you got some injuries on defense. Fangio is a, an outstanding fundamental football coach, and they will get better as the season gets on. Now, if they can get, you know, the X-Man at one corner and uh, Jalen Ramsey at the other corner both healthy, yeah, they'll be that much better. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not, you know – I'm not one to have an offense that's not going to be able to run the ball well, but they, they are people are so afraid of those receivers. <laughs> you know, it opens up some scenes for the running game. I mean, Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's unbelievable. I, I don't care what kind of coverage you have; he's going to get behind you. Yeah, you know, no, he is. And I and I'll say this about Mike McDaniel: he's not a coach that needs to be right. He looks like he's a guy that wants the solution to problems. Right? He's not dogmatic. If you could tell him this will make you better, like I think he would listen to Fangio. Oh yeah, and and you know the players love him. The players love playing for him. I I think he's got the right formula right now with the team that he's got with the talent. You know he's running an offense that really suits his talent. Uh, he's a smart football coach, and I I think uh, hey they could very well be at, you know right there at the end uh, in the mix. Yeah, you know, because you know I don't see anybody in the AFC other than if Joe Burrow gets hot, you know, there in Cincinnati, uh, that's going to give him a problem. I think Kansas City's on the downhill slide. You know, all it would take on Kansas City is if Travis Kelsey, if he was to get hurt, they would struggle offensively. Oh yeah, 
but that, that defense is carrying them right now. So you have teams like San Francisco and Seattle with Shanahan and Pete Carroll, you know them both, that there's some limitations at quarterback, but they're really nice teams and they mostly win their games. And I have my friends in Seattle and it's, you know, that's where I grew up. And it's like, I like Geno, but I'm not unrealistic. And I like Purdy. He made a couple of really nice throws. You saw that to George Kittle. He, and he can move. But you put him on a field with Joe Burrow and it's different. In the building, you got the roster in Seattle. You got the roster in San Francisco. Would you draft a, even though you're winning a lot of games, do you draft a quarterback high next year or third, fourth, fifth round? Where do you go as a coach when you love the roster, but your weakest talent may be quarterback? I, I, I think you know, when you look at your roster, you know, they're on a professional football team. The most important person in the entire building is your quarterback. The second most important person on in the in the building is your talent evaluator, and that may be the coach. Right. Then the third most important is the coach, but you got to have the quarterback. And I made a mistake when I was with the Dolphins. I had Marino, and then on, but he was an, you know he was actually injured every single year that I coached him. Uh, but behind him, I had Craig Erickson. So I thought I was in pretty good shape there. So I didn't take Drew Brees, and that was a mistake on my part. Yeah. Anytime you've got a, an opportunity to get a quarterback in the in professional football, I don't care who your starter is, uh, you need to take him. You know, when Joe Burrow was coming out, Jimmy, my comp was a better version of Tony Romo. He can move, not a huge arm, elusive, uh, and he's obviously he, he is better than Tony Romo. But I always liked Tony. I always thought Tony was a, not only a good broadcaster, was a very good quarterback. Burrow's fascinating to me because, Jimmy, it's not a size thing. It's not an athletic ability thing. It's not an arm thing. What is the juice with him? What do you see? Well, you know, Norv Turner, who's a close friend and, and really does a great job with quarterbacks, was around some great quarterbacks. You know, Dan Fauci, Coach Aikman, on and on. And so he was with the group that worked out all the quarterbacks uh, as they got ready for the draft, you know, the Sam Donalds, the uh, Baker Mayfields, uh, on and on. And he called me and he said, Joe Burrow has got more of what you want in a quarterback than any quarterback I've ever seen. Wow. This is before, before the draft. Uh, he said he has got extreme confidence. He's got a great arm. He's got a great feel for the game. He said he's better than anything I've ever seen. Wow. This was before the draft. And, uh, and, and Burrow has proven it. You know, you love to have him as the leader of your football team. You love to have him as the key guy throwing the football. Um, I mean, he is a special, special talent. You just don't see it come off. You come around that often. Yeah. It, it, it's – Almost anybody could see an Aikman or a Josh Allen. It is interesting that you – you and by the way, in your career, you leaned on guys, your offensive line coaches. Personnel is really hard. So speaking of that, and I don't want to pick on a kid, but one of the first things that concerns me when I see a young quarterback is that do they miss the layups? I'm not asking you to throw it down the field like Mahomes. You got to go 10 right. for 10 on stuff in the flat. Drag routes, underneath stuff. That was really what turned me off initially from Zach Wilson. He's missing the easy stuff. You got to go 10 for 10. I see Jordan right. Love, Jimmy, and he's missing a lot of easy stuff, and it really concerns me. What do you see? Yeah, you know, the, uh, yeah, we used to have a kind of a joke, you know, a, a running joke that 
Yeah, somebody said uh, that they watched Troy Aikman uh, in practice and the ball never hit the ground. <laughs> but that was true. I mean, it shouldn't hit the ground if you're throwing against air. Uh, you know, if a quarterback, you, you, number one, you want him to be a great decision maker. But number two, he's got to be accurate. I don't know that you ever improve the accuracy of a quarterback. Uh, and if you've got an inaccurate quarterback, you're never going to be able to count, him, count on him in the crucial times. Uh, so if you don't have an accurate quarterback, you better draft one. So I think Sean Payton, it, the lift, and you've done this before, Jimmy, Oklahoma State, Miami, Dallas, where you come in and you know you got to change some stuff. <laughs> then you get in the building and you got to change more than you thought. The culture, the O-line, <laughs> the staff, the owner's crazy. I think Sean got to Denver and went, I thought I had three lifts. I got about six. They can't even get the lunchroom. They can't get the lunchroom right here. But I got to tell you, He's now using Russell like Pete Carroll did, complimentary to the run game. And I watched yesterday, and I'm like, I know Mahomes was sick, but I think you can win seven, eight, nine games playing like that. I didn't think it was luck. That was my take. Yeah. You know, you run the football. You know, Russell Wilson's got talent. You know, he's proven that over the years. You know, as far as going into a a losing situation, I, I didn't realize Dallas was so bad until I got there. You know, I, I looked around when I first got there, you know, they didn't even have an indoor weight room. It was, you know, they had a, <laughs> like a, I said, where's all the players? They said, it's too cold to work out here. Nobody works out here in the off season. I said, that's going to change. And then I looked at the roster and I went, Oh my God. So I cut my starting quarterback. No, I traded my starting quarterback, Steve Fuller. I traded him to Kansas city for a three and I cut my leading receiver because he couldn't outrun me. And so <laughs> I was in total shock as far as the talent level. But they had Tom Landry, they had a great coaching staff, and they had had three straight losing seasons. They were 3-13 and 13 with Tom Landry. Uh, so you had to change some things. Well, Sean's in a little bit better shape. He's got a quarterback that can win. Uh, just run the football, protect your quarterback, let him make a few plays and get some young guys on defense. Yeah. All right. Um, now you're going to go fishing. What's a good day fishing? Right. Now, now is it uh, mahi? Is it what? What are you going to fish for today? I'm going to try to catch me five Heineken lights, and if I catch <laughs> them, I'm going to have a great day. <laughs> Jimmy, I love talking to you. We don't get you off, but I love. I think you're going to have success. At least four of those Heineken okay. lights will show up. All right. Thanks, Timmy. Talk to you later. All right. Perfect answer. Perfect answer for a dumb question. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Wee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 